probably heard of the settlement uh, between Fox and Dominion voting uh, machines to uh, have Fox pay, I don't know, was $700 million or so dollars and you know, some change to, um, to, to, to Dominion to resolve a defamation lawsuit. And the, um, the, the reasoning behind it, the, the settlement was that from Fox's point of view, is they, they didn't want a protracted uh, trial to become the news story and to dig up everything. And then, of course, a lot of embarrassing things and texts and such like that. I understand that. Uh, and Dominion, of course, wants to sell because they get a big chunk of money and they feel vindicated. Uh, not only that, but it's clear from the settlement that it was not confidential, um, that Fox indeed had to say that um, it understood from the judge that these things were false. That was a carefully managed settlement. I'm telling you, as a lawyer, I know, and you can read between the lines. So they refused to say that they knew that it was false, but they acknowledged that the judge said that it was false. And that's it. All right. So um, all in all, that's it. It's otherwise a settlement. There's no fining. Uh, people talk about it being some sort of precedent that will create uh, for the future. First of all, there is no such thing as a precedent when it comes to settlement, right? The fact that, that two companies like this could settle doesn't mean that now other four <laughs> companies are going to be forced to settle. No, it just means that Fox decided to settle and Dominion decided to settle. That's it. Between those two parties, that's what happened. Nothing more, nothing less. Okay. Um, now, I personally think... I mean, you can argue, and, and I know Alan Dershowitz has argued this, that, that Fox really should have taken this to trial. Uh, you know, I, I understand that they don't want this to be in the news. They don't want to drag it out. All the things we talked about, fair enough. But at the same time, that price might be a little too steep. I, I don't mind if they settled at, I don't know, $500,000. Okay. Um, maybe even a million dollars. Got it. But $750 million, I, I think that's a... That's more than you and I make in a whole year combined, yeah. Devin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. That, just to put it in perspective, okay? <laughs> that's how bad it is. Um, so, so that's interesting. The Dominion thing is fascinating to me because, okay, so Dominion gets to say, look, you know, these were false things and we feel vindicated and so on. Great. Uh, but... But was Fox really wrong at the, at the end of the day? Did they, did they, you know, express an opinion? They could have been wrong. We will never know at the end of the day. But was Fox really wrong? Uh, I'm not saying that, that uh, Fox was wrong or right. I'm simply saying they could have pushed this. And to be wrong about it, it's, it's one thing, you know, defamation, the, people don't understand defamation. Fox could have gotten it totally wrong. Okay? Totally wrong. And it, it looks like Dominion was right. And Fox was wrong about it. But they, the, that's, that's not really relevant in defamation law. You could be wrong about some things and not be sued for it, right? In defamation law, at least with respect to a public figure, you have to be, um, you have to have acted with not just malice, but actual malice, which is a heightened standard of malice, I assume. Uh, and not only that, uh, or in the alternative, with such reckless disregard for the truth that you it rises to the level of actual mouse. So, for example, uh, you may not want to kill anybody with your car, but you drive 100 miles an hour in a 20-mile-an-hour zone, and you, and, and you know you're driving that. That's reckless abandon, right? And then you kill somebody. Okay, you're going to be held. You can't say, well, I didn't mean it. You know, I, therefore, you shouldn't hold me to the, to the standard of murder, yeah, no, you will, you will be hand, um, held to the standard of murder in that case because it was such a reckless abandon. But I don't think that, that Dominion could have proved that with Fox. H how do you establish that they acted with actual malice or such reckless abandon? Anyway, it is what it is. They, they settled. That's between them. Um, I will say that, you know, I, I don't think, you know, there's any proof that Dominion did anything wrong about this. Uh, and I, I applaud them for taking it to task because if they didn't uh, alter the voting mechanisms, okay, so then they didn't do it. Um, and they want to show that, hey, you, you've heard our business one way or the other. I, I do think they have a problem 
had they taken this to task to show any damages, you know, that you have to show that people specifically decided not to go with Dominion because they were playing funny and, they, and you know, what they're trying to sell is integrity in the voting systems, right? Um, so I don't know. Then there's per se defamation, which goes into the issues of whether or not um, you don't have to prove damages. You just have to show that you were damaged one way or the other, that, that it was in the ordinary course of conduct that such a statement would hurt you. Okay, so example, per se, libel. If, uh, if you, John Doe is out there and you say about John Doe that, hey, you know, I, I hear he has AIDS, okay, and you know that he doesn't have AIDS, okay, uh, and that he goes to gay uh, brothels all the time, gay orgies, and, and uh, he's, he's doing so behind his wife. Wife doesn't know anything about it. You say that. Okay, well, that, that you, do you have to go now to every single person and say, you know, do you think less of, of John Doe? And, and to what extent would you monetize that, sir? I mean, that would be impossible, right? So in, in such a situation, John Doe should be able to sue the person saying that on the grounds that that would naturally, you know, kind of obviously um, inure to the injury of his reputation. We got that, right? So I suppose that Dominion could say, look, they're, they're arguing that we were uh, playing funny with the systems. It's, it's a big news uh, outlet, Fox News, and it uh, naturally inures to our detriment. Okay, I, I get that. I don't know if that was their argument. Uh, Alan Dershowitz seems to think that there was no damages, so I don't know. Uh, he's a lot smarter than I am, but what do I know? Okay, so... Um, that's issue number one. But but you wanted to say something about this. This is Devin Goodman is with us, man. Yeah. Okay. So um, Biden is from Delaware. They sued him in Delaware. He's been a mainstay in Delaware forever. The guy's not, you know, maybe he's the most honest person ever, but possibly he kind of can weight some scales in some way. And this was about basically the election of Biden to the presidency. It really seems inappropriate that you have a judge in Delaware where this big politician definitely has a part of his career, his probably beginning. Like, I don't know if there's a connection or not, but it really, it, it's not like it was in North Dakota. Or it's not like it was in Florida. It does seem a little suspicious where Fox is like, there's no way we can get any fair ruling. Possibly they thought that. Oh, yeah. And then they said, okay, we'll just pay because like, wasn't that where um, Alex Jones actually got? And it was a, the most absurd like judgment ever. So Fox yeah. is like, yeah, we got to like, this is just, it's so corrupt possibly that there's no point. You know, that's a great point. And I wish I had brought that up uh, in the beginning of this. That was probably one of the reasons I, I'm, I'm having a, you know, replaying a conversation I had with somebody else, a liberal friend of mine, uh, who's of course delighted about this because they see it as such a big victory for themselves. I'm not saying it's a win for us, but I, I don't know if it's that big a win. But nevertheless, uh, you know, that, that is an argument. It's an excellent point, Devin, that, that you know, depending on the, the venue in which you're litigating something, you really, you really want to worry about some issues. So uh, good point, a really good point. Um, the, the other thing about this is, does this, to the extent that they feel it's precedent, it cuts both ways. I mean, look, the New York Post was accused of, fabricating the whole Russia, um, sorry, the, the Hunter Biden laptop situation. And 51 heads of intelligence agencies said that it had all the earmarks of a Russian disinformation campaign, these experts, you understand. And it was all before the election and this, this inured to the, you know, obviously the detriment of uh, Trump. Um, and, but more, more, more importantly, the New York Post could say, look, you, you, you said that we lied, you were wrong. We, we were right. You were wrong. It, you know, it, it's a corporation just like Dominion is a corporation. Uh, they could sue for billions of dollars. You know, so I, I, I think at this point, the statute of limitations may have run uh, depending on which state you're in. In California, I think it's uh, two years for defamation, maybe one. But that, that's the way it flies. So, you know, there are lies cut both ways, my friends. Or do you really think, though, that like... It would cut both ways. In my mind, a conservative judge would just obey the law and put the law above yes. politics. In my mind also, it's very clear when you hear like a district judge making a ruling, okay, which president appointed him? 
I think I'm pretty sure what the um, the decision is going to be, and it's not going to be a thought out decision. It's going to be pretty political. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're right. I, I mean, but in fairness to our side, uh, Trump could uh, appoint some judges, and they'll rule against him, right? But, but the, in other words, uh, a, a president, uh, sorry, a um, a judge who's appointed by a Democrat is much more reliable as a, as a, in, in terms of decision making and where he'll go in the decision than a, um, a Republican appointee. Uh, so you, you get the idea. But I, anyway, I think this is going to be very interesting. I do know a lot about defamation law. It's it's something that I I do. I really enjoy it because um, it, it does invoke the First Amendment. There's all sorts of exceptions, and you know the classic exceptions are defamation is one of them. There's the you know um, fighting words such as saying fire in a crowded theater, uh, and then time, place, and manner restrictions. And if you were listening to the woke crowd, it also includes uh, not offending anybody. You can't say anything that's offensive. So if, if you say something like, I like birds, that's that will be protected speech. Absolutely. It, you know, I, I had a nice time at the zoo the other day with my child. That's okay. That's protected speech too, right? Anything, <laughs> anything that's offensive, however, not protected. Yeah. So that's weird. These guys are so funny. They they just don't think it through. So in a related story, um, very related, the I don't know if you know this. There was a there's a lawsuit against Mike Lindell by a man named Bob Zeidman. Bob Zeidman is a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine. Actually, he lives uh, very nearby my house. And <laughs> so here's what happened. Lindell had said, "I challenge anyone." to uh, show that the Dominion uh, and the voting machines were legitimate. And if you do so, I will give you $5 million. Okay? So my friend, Bob Zeidman, uh, who is an expert in, in these things in kind of, uh, what do you call it, um, forensic stuff, forensic digital stuff, he, he thought it was going to take him three weeks to prove that it was legitimate because he kind of sensed things were were indeed legitimate. It took him only three hours. And he shipped it over to Lindell and said, okay, give me my money, give me my five million, right? There was silence on the other end. And then of course, uh, ultimately he wrote a letter and, and you know another letter and finally he took him to task. He filed a lawsuit against him. I think it was in Michigan. And uh, sure enough, uh, they went all the way to trial I don't think they even offered them a settlement of any kind. Took all and and so much devastating discovery came out. Bottom line, Bob wins, and now uh, Mike Lindell has to pay my friend five million dollars. Wow. <laughs> right now, people are you know conflating this with with uh, somehow a proof of some kind that of defamation. And people don't understand the difference. There's a difference between defamation. And breach of contract. That's what Bob was going for, was a breach of contract. You promised me $5 million. I showed you, you know, uh, that that it was legitimate. And now you're not paying me the $5 million. I mean, that, that's a big problem for you. Uh, anyway, so Dominion is also suing Mike Lindell himself, um, which you might bankrupt him in the end. But it'll be difficult. Uh, he can't even bankrupt because I just realized now... Um, if you if you show that there is a wrongful uh, tort and defamation is an intentional tort, right, that is um, accepted from bankruptcy discharge. Oh wow! So for for example, O.J. Simpson, he he it turns out he killed two people, um, and he did it on purpose, and he didn't even think about bankruptcy because he knows that no no court would you know uh, forgive his his debt to the. Um, um, those families, the two families, yeah. the Goldman family and the uh, Simpson family. So uh, that, that would be the same thing for Mike Lindell. He, you know, the, to the extent that they could show that defamation, which is by definition a knowing false statement about somebody, right? And in this case, actual malice. So uh, he's got he's got big tsuris, as we say in Yiddish, tsuris, which is another way of uh, worrisome worries. How about that? Worrisome problems. It, it kind of the kind of stuff that kind of gnaws at you. He's got big problems. Um, I like Michael Lindell. He's got fantastic pillows. I sleep on a, on a on a my pillow every night, and I love it. But uh, he's got big problems. Okay, and I hope he sleeps well at night about this. And I like the guy. He's a good guy. I mean, it's it's a rag from riches guy. He was a drug you know drug addict at one point, 
and he's such a success. I, I wish he wasn't going through this. I think he made some bonehead mistakes here, really bonehead mistakes. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm sorry to see that I, I'm not taking any pleasure in this whatsoever. It's on the contrary, you know, I'm conservative. I, I wish it weren't the case. I wish, I wish uh, that we could prove that, that there was funny business on the Dominion side or, but I think, I think there is a lot more funny, not on the Dominion side. I think apparently Dominion was fine. Um, I think that the problem in the 2020 election was this incredible mischief that was going on with all the mail-in ballots never done in history before. And then you have the ballot harvesting, which had been done before, but, but on steroids, um, just, and, and then of course, all the shenanigans that happened that night with, uh, the Georgia, whatever the bathroom that, that flooded and apparently affected all the other battleground states somehow. So I, I don't know. Um, but I do know there are 20 anomalies that glorious night uh, in, in November of 2020, something was very weird. And statistically, it doesn't make sense. I mean, if I, if I were to flip a coin uh, in front of you and, and it, it, it landed on heads a thousand times in a row, you'd say, okay, something's up. Something's up. It's either magnetized or whatever. You don't know. And, and somebody could say, you can't prove it. You can't prove it. But you'd, you'd say, okay, I, can't, I don't know quite the mechanism that is making it always go in heads, but something's up. It just defies reality uh, and, and the basic laws of stat statistics and probabilities. So anyway, that's the way I feel about the 2020 election. It's not Dominion. Um, I, do th or, you know, I, I do think the major issues were the mail-in ballots. And I think also, and no ID, for example, and then the social media issues. Anyway. And also to add to that, Signer Venture matches, they didn't even try to do that. And that's, but if one were, and I'm not saying it would, because all of our elections have always been completely honest oh, yeah. if a Democrat wins. And, <laughs> but one of the things that I think to take it to a different level, and this might be a little crazy, is... How do you get people, if you're going to steal an election, how do you get it so people can't question the election? Sidney Powell is facing disbarment and also lawsuit and like losing her whole thing. And she's a great lawyer. Mm -hmm. Mike Lindell is too, because somehow it was implanted that Dominion was having a problem with the election. What they were saying is there's a problem with the election. Yeah. And for some reason, all of them got guided to one specific thing that was a problem in like cities that didn't even have dominion. Like there's a lot of like issues with that. And I'm saying like if I were a screenwriter, that's a great way to cover it up and make it so no one can question the election. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know like what they would do with anyone who protests the election. That would be so crazy. How do you make it so no one can protest an election? But like you make it so no one I'm kidding, January 6th. But like if you make it so no one can actually question it with Dominion, like and all they're doing is saying there is a definite problem. So something really is going on with that, too, where somehow a bunch of people thought it was a specific thing that it turned out absolutely not to be. And I wonder how that, you know what I mean? I don't have any information, but something really seems fishy about that. About the election. Yeah. 100%. Of course, no, there's yeah. something, something very weird happened. And you didn't have to do the entire country. You just have to do certain battleground states. Mm -hmm. And you have to really, you know, be aggressive in those battleground states. And they won uh, virtually all of the battleground states, except for North Carolina, I think. Yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, and you know, Florida was no longer a battleground state. Um, we won Ohio uh, pretty handily, which is no longer a battleground state. Mm. Uh, but everything else that was close, it, it it was too weird, too many things. And uh, our listeners know about these various anomalies, including that what is it, eighteen out of nineteen bellwether counties went for Trump. Uh, the fact that he gained a lot more votes, I think 10 million more votes in his, and it was the first time in history that a Republican also won Ohio and Florida by, by a lot, by, mind you, not by a little, and still lose, loses. It's, it's, these are, those are just three of some of the many anomalies involved. So anyway, we'll, we'll have to see. History will tell us a little bit better at the end of the day. Uh, a couple of other stories I want to talk about. One is this Bud Light uh, story, okay? So... It, it's so interesting because, uh, as you know, you probably, now it's an old story, but Bud Light decided to have this Dylan Mulvaney guy become 
their um, their their spokesman. I mean, they spokeswoman is what they want to call it. Uh, he's a dude, so I'm not going to call him a she. As you know, I, I feel very strongly about that. Uh, you, you're not going to force me to lie about somebody's gender because you know because he he or she wants to be uh, the opposite sex. Uh, so. Dylan Mulvaney, he's a dude, okay? Now, he's a very effeminate dude, but he's a he, okay? Plain and simple. Uh, and it, it's amazing that, that they, they insist on this because, to me, they're so busy telling you that there's no such thing as male or female. Well, if that's the case, then why do you want to be so hard, well, act so hard to become the opposite sex? If, if you, I mean, there is no such thing as opposite then. What's the opposite of male? if there is no such thing as a female, right. and so on. And if there are 57 genders, as so many other people proclaim, what's the opposite of, you know, pan, pan's gender with a twist of lime? What, what, what is that? What, what is the opposite of that? Okay, so you can't say, I, I, I want to be the opposite now, when there, you don't even believe there are two things that, that you could be the opposite of in the first place. It's, it, it kind of blows your mind. It's like one of those John, Con, you know, John Connor <laughs> things from Terminator, and it blows your mind. It's like lo logical loops that you have to make that doesn't make sense in these 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 uh, future time travel uh, movies. But those are just fiction and fun. But this one doesn't make sense. Anyway, so they choose this guy. It it tanks Bud Light's revenues. Not surprisingly, some reports are more than four billion. Uh, I've heard it between four and six billion. Okay, so let's just say five billion for the sake of discussion. They lose five billion dollars almost instantly in market cap or whatever. And and I put it to you that these guys knew that that would happen. Okay, there's no way that somebody in marketing could possibly think that it would not tank their business. And and let me prove it to you. As we know the total number of people with real tr dysphoria, trans dysphoria, is something on the order of 20,000 to 30,000 people in the entire country, okay? And 30,000 is being very generous, by the way. That, that's a tiny fraction, okay? That, if that were a town in, in America, you'd say, you know, uh, you know, uh, whatever, Podunk, such and such, you know, Kansas, population, 30,000. <laughs> you'd say, that's a small town. Right? One library, one high school, one elementary school, maybe a couple of churches, and that's about it, right? Yeah. Okay, but we're, we're supposed to entirely motivate our lives. Okay, so, so let, me, let me understand this. So you want to saturate, even if you could get every single person who is above you know, the age of, of 21, I guess, to drink your Bud Light, every single one of the transgender folks who had true dysphoria, uh, that wouldn't be a good business plan, right? It just wouldn't. It's like it's like marketing to all those people who, who like to eat cockroaches, okay? I'm sure that there are some people out there who like to eat cockroaches, not equating transgender people to people who like cockroaches, okay? Just make that clear. I'm, I'm bringing it up for the sake of showing how rare it is, okay? So, but, but that would not be a good idea if you marketed only to those people. You like cockroaches? You'll love Bud Light, right? It doesn't make sense. Okay, so now you can say, well, you're being ridiculous, Brock. I mean, it, obviously, it would affect a lot more people who are allies of the transgenders. You're right. So now, in addition to the, at most, 30,000 people that we're talking about, you include all the allies of the transgender folk. Okay, now that they are so hip to this, uh, that they will, they, every single ally, okay, I, I'm, I'm putting to you that there are very few allies, okay? It, it, it seems that way. They have a lot of pull in the media. There's no doubt about that. But you actually count them, not very significant. So even if you get all the people with the true dysphoria and all the allies of them, you're looking at probably a million people, maybe, yeah. right? Uh, people who would not be drawn to eat, to drink Bud Light because of it. Let's, let's put it that way. They're, they're not like, yes, now I will finally drink Bud Light. <laughs> I, I was waiting for this great moment when they would align themselves with the transgender movement. Now it's happened. I am a Bud Light chick or guy, okay? No, not going to happen. So they, they knew, they knew that this would tank their sales and their market cap and be, be to the destruction of this, the shareholders. So why do they do that, you may ask? Let's assume that they, I, I think it's a very fair assumption that they knew it would destroy their business. Knowing that, why would they do that? 
Now, marketing is, is a, you know, Bud Light is not a uh, fly-by-night operation, right? They have a marketing department, right? They study this crap day in and day out. How can we maximize sales is the number one question of every corporation, right? Uh, and I can tell you, I was a marketing major when I was in business school. Uh, every sing- and it's, it's what I'm about to say is very obvious. Every commercial that you see is, is filmed with such precision Every single half second of every 30-second commercial, 60-second commercial is so well thought out. They, they want to make sure that the faces of every person is such that if it gets frozen, it doesn't look awkward, right? Even that, to that small detail. They, as you know now, they look at diversity and everything else. But, but in addition, they, they look at, you know, how upbeat is the person about the product? How, uh, what, what does this convey? How could it be misinterpreted? They, they spend hundreds of hours on each 30-second commercial. Okay? It, it, they don't just release it. It is very well thought out. A lot of people get paid a lot of money to decide this. So clearly... They knew that this was going to be a disaster. Nobody said, of course, it, it, it's not like they said, well, you know, we took the shot. We thought it was going to be great. And boy, it was just a bad marketing decision. It, it just turned, it went south when we thought it would go north. Okay. Bad decision. May I call? Nope. BS. They knew from the, from the very get go, it was going to be destroyed. So question to you, Devin, why do you think they did this now that we've established that they knew that this would tank. Why? Because I don't think they're advertising beer. Okay. They're advertising transgenderism. Five billion compared to you've got one person, I don't know, what is it, 100,000, a million dollars in medical that they're going to pay over their lifetime? That adds up really quickly. But, okay, so I understand what you're saying, but, but, but Light would know, I mean, that they're not in the, the medical field, right? right? So unless they got a sweetheart deal with the hospital, like, hey, we're going to send a lot of people your way, uh, I don't think that's that's the the case. Um, you know, Occam's razor, you've heard about that, right? Occam's razor basically says that the simplest explanation uh, of something happening is, is very often the correct answer. Um, so I'm looking for the Occam's razor of this because we, we now know that they knew it would tank and they went forward with it anyway. I don't think they had any surprise. When they, when they saw the $4 billion, $5 billion, $6 billion, whatever it was, again, we'll say $5 billion as a placeholder, when they, when they saw that happening, it was no surprise at all. Okay? It just happened exactly as they knew it would happen. So if they knew it would happen, why would they have done that? Isn't that suicide? You would ask yourself. Here's the Occam's razor, in my opinion. Yeah. My very humble opinion. Uh, the, the, there are people out there, there are organizations out there that demand and command um, big companies like Bud Light, Nike, and otherwise, you will do our bidding. Uh, and if you don't do our bidding, we will cause you to tank. And, okay, that, that's the reason why. And it's so important to them. Okay, so a response to that, uh, Barack, that, well, that sounds silly. It sounds like you just shot your own argument. They, they did tank. $5 billion worth. That's a hell of a lot of money. So why would they do that? Uh, wouldn't it be better to just say up yours, um, you know, social media crap, you know, folks that are trying to change us. We're going to stick with our knowing recipe that works really well. We're not going to embrace your transgender spokesperson, uh, let alone put him on the can for crying out loud. And, and we're not, we're not going to do that because it sounds, you know, take your best shot. Uh, say that we don't like transgenders, okay, so maybe we'll lose $100,000. But that's a hell of a lot better than $5 billion, yeah. right? That's what you would say to me. So here's the other answer to the response to that. Everyone's got something on somebody, Yeah. okay? Uh, you know, the Epstein Island situation we know, um, there are a lot of players out there, and there is information about a lot of men who've done some really nasty stuff with minor girls and boys, and they'll do anything to make sure that that doesn't come out. I think that there is somebody um, in these big corporations, I'm not even saying about Bud Light, I'm not, something weird has gone on. Uh, Somebody said, you better do our bidding. 
even though you know it's going to tank your business or we're going to let no let certain certain things be known about you yeah. don't know what it is i really don't know i don't know the specifics of anybody in particular i think something odd is going on there that that is the occam's razor to me there was some sort of threat how about that a threat was made i don't know what that threat was that's the only thing that makes sense to me if you can think of anything else Devin, that makes sense to you i'm i'm all ears because people are not that stupid. They, they knew it was going to tank. They knew it. Or I, I think that, like, you know, smart and wise, but I think, like, especially the, that lady, the, you know, the, the woman who was supposedly, it was her decision, she did a couple interviews before, and I don't think after, like, I don't think she's ever in her life talked to somebody, had an actual real, like, 10-minute conversation with somebody who's worked in a gas station or a busboy. I don't think she's ever talked to someone in her entire life who's ever talked to somebody who, for five, <laughs> 10 minutes. Like, so I think they're so out of touch and they're so like DEI is such a significant force forcing companies to do that. And the problem is mm -hmm. kind of like the WNBA. No one will ever watch the WNBA. It's antitrust that the NBA subsidizes the WNBA. It should be illegal. Right. And if you make a bad product or a bad decision, you should absolutely pay the consequences. And Budweiser, first of all, Anheuser-Busch does not have to pay the consequences because they can just absorb that because they have so many other companies. And there is so much, the DEI thing, they're so brainwashed with that that I don't think they're dumb, but I don't think they really understand what 95, 99% of the people in the world think. Yeah, I yeah. could be wrong. I, I, but but you're, I think you're wrong because, yeah. uh, because Bud Light is no fly-by-night operation. They right. know this stuff inside and out, and they, they're very involved in marketing, and they are constantly on the pulse of what the country wants. And there's, there's no way they could have thought this is what people want. And, and, and it's not the first organization that has suffered uh, the blows of, of embracing transgenderism. I mean, di we know what happened with Disney. We, we know what happened with uh, these other companies, Nike for that matter. I mean, they made very poor decisions about these things. Whenever any film embraces something woke, let alone transgender, even two girls kissing uh, in Buzz Lightyear, it really caused a, a real tank of Disney's uh, profits. So... This is this was not a shock. It could not have been a shock to them, and and to you know to put on a picture of this Dylan Mulvaney character, like we're going to be excited about this, really. I mean, as if the, as if they're the only beer in America, really. I mean, the beer market is pretty saturated, my friends. And and Bud Light, I'm sorry, I, I never liked Bud Light. That's my personal opinion. I I think it's I, it's lousy, but I'll tell you, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy Bud Light ever again. And somebody offers me a Bud Light, not going to do it. Unless they somehow change their entire program and they say, you know what, that was really stupid of us and we were wrong to do so. And P.S., we love America, we love masculinity, and here's to you, real American dudes, you know, real masculine dudes, I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll drink that beer then. It ain't going to happen. Uh, they, they did some soft shoe shuffling with some sort of patriotic song or patriotic statement trying to somehow you know, regain back some of the uh, disaster that they had uh, thrown out there. But I, I don't think it's going to work at the end of the day. It's just, it's a big, big problem for them. Look, there's more on the transgender stuff I want to talk about because um, it's, it's interesting because uh, this is from uh, the, the whole attitude about transgenderism. It's fascinating. I, I, I do a lot of podcasts, uh, sorry, uh, posting on Facebook, as you know. And very often I will talk about some issue about transgenderism. Like, for example, I, I talked about that whole thing about, you know, it does make sense because you want to be the opposite sex, but you, you, you reject the idea of sex, right? Uh, meaning gender sex, uh, that there is such a thing. And yet you want to be, you want to be the opposite sex. How, is, how do you square that? It doesn't make sense. So I, I post things like that. And people will respond back saying, why are you so obsessed with the transgenders? Why can't you just let them live? And I thought to myself, my goodness, what, what do you think that we think that we conservatives think about this issue? I think they think that we want to put them out into the cornfield, right? We want to kill them all. Yeah. We want to marginalize them. We want to make, make transgenderism illegal, 
the very existence. We want to beat them up in the bathrooms. We want to uh, laugh at them. The right, we, we, we want to um, teach that, that transgender people are not, not human beings. That's what they think that we think, right? right? But we, we, of course, we never said that. And we are indeed live and let live. You want to wear women's clothing if you're a dude, go for it, okay? In fact, you want to, you want to strut about it in, in public? Go for it. I don't like it, but go for it. It's very confusing the kids. It's your business. Okay. I did, never did, it, did we say it should be made, made illegal to do so. You want to think of yourself as a, as a she when you're a he? That's your business. Okay. Uh, but don't tell us. But, but the issue is not that. The issue is we don't want them imposing their agenda on us. Right. Don't tell us now that we have to call you a she when you think, when you claim to be a she, you're not. Don't, don't show my kids uh, all sorts of this, uh, you know, drag queen story hour. Don't show my kids about how to engage in anal sex uh, at the age of six. And it's, it's, a, it's obscene. And uh, we don't need to see these books in the libraries. That's what we're talking about, okay? That, that's what's going on. They don't get this. No. And that, like, it brings me back to a conversation I had randomly with some weird guy in Florida, and he was talking about how horrible DeSantis was and how he's, like, making it so teachers can't talk to their kids or talk, like, talk about any kind of stuff. They can't say gay. That was when the whole thing was. And, like... The way my mind worked, we had, that was, had conversation, and like two months, three months later, I thought, ooh, this would have been a good response. And the response was, okay, if, you know, like, yeah, I think teachers should be able to, like, say gay, you know, if they're talking about happy or at a certain age. But, like, if someone really is specifically talking to young children about very advanced sex or things like that, they should spend the rest of their life in jail. Yeah. And like, okay, so no governor should ever accuse a teacher of grooming, but if there actually is a groomer, the rest of their life in jail. And like, do you agree with that? Like, can't we have some peace and clarity within that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a very fair statement. And I think, uh, you know, I think DeSantis, now who was it who said this? He said, um, no, it was um, Elon Musk. He said that uh, anybody who, molest children should spend the rest of their lives in jail. Uh, but it was beyond that. I think he actually said that if you're grooming children, you should spend the rest of your life in jail. I think I could be wrong. Um, forgive me if I am, but I think that Elon Musk's, one of his sons went down the dark side and became transgender. So I think that's like, and I think that happened around the time or like right before the time he bought Twitter. So I think that is Elon Musk's motivator and his issue. Well, whatever it is, I mean, look, I mean, pedophilia of any kind, uh, I, I think you should spend the rest of your life in jail. And, and you're, you're any time, oh yeah, anytime, that's what he said. He said, anybody who performs surgeries on minor kids for this transgender stuff should, should go to jail for the rest of their lives. And, and I think he's right. These people are monsters, and I I just don't know how they think that they've got this uh, in the bag. I, I, I want to just move on to a kind of related point about this, which is that, I mean, to my point about how people view us and how we view them. Uh, so this guy, this uh, author, um, a Vermont, uh, Keisha Ram Hinsdale, uh, who's a Vermont state senator. Do you know? Do you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, says, uh, she says, Republicans are waging a war on children and families. So here is just a smattering of policy choices that are quite literally killing, endangering, and isolating our children, our families, women, and the LGBT community proposed by Republicans across the nation. This is uh, in a Newsweek article, by the way. So she, she now lists this taking away reproductive health care choices to the point it is endangering women's lives, introducing the death penalty for abortion, monitoring the menstruation, travel, and communication of middle and high school girls, putting a bounty on the heads of anyone who helps someone seek reproductive care, banning gender-affirming care, that's the surgeries we're talking about, threatening to separate trans children from loving, supportive families. This is all upside down. This is completely the opposite of what we believe, first of all. They, they want to take away kids from their parents who won't uh, agree to support their transgender choices. Right. That, that, it's exactly the opposite. 
anyway, um, banning um, mifepristone and care options used in a range of family planning processes, unleashing an endless supply of farm, firearms into society and schools to kill our children. This this woman's nuts, nuts. Yeah, I mean that, and and she really believes it. Anyway, um, and then then Newsweek uh, writes. Underneath these policies is an entire apparatus built by ultra-right-wing conservatives to suppress your vote, bury you in debt, and keep you chained to employment to meet your basic needs. That keeps you from not only electing different candidates, but more importantly, having the time and resources to run for office yourself. And that's especially egregious because it's how we fix the situation. Wow. Okay, so that, that, that's madness, right? I mean, you're shaking your heads, but this is written in Newsweek, and they they they're serious about it. They think that we want to uh, uh, kill transgender. We want to put them in concentration camps. That's that's what they would have you believe. Uh, that that that's the madness. They they have zero evidence of any of this. All we're saying they create this problem. They they invent this transgender stuff, and then we push back on it, and then they say that that it's our issue. That, that we somehow invented this to have a big bugaboo. We, we're going after the transgenders, and they're defending themselves. I mean, it's really remarkable. Yeah, and I remember when Donald Trump said one of the worst things ever that started one of the worst riots ever in history. He said, peacefully, peacefully go down and protest and share your voice. And then, like, what was it? Palin did a target or something on, like, a New Mexico or Arizona thing, and then that um, that one woman got shot, and it was totally Palin's fault. Like, there was a shooting in a Christian school by a transgender. Right. Like, is this person held accountable? Is Newsweek going to be held accountable for inciting that? Because Donald Trump was sure blamed for it when he said, peacefully go down to the Capitol. They're a little bit more hot in their rhetoric than Trump was. Hot in the rhetoric is exactly right. They 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 can't meaningfully uh, argue this, and and they they end up, you know, this whole horrific Nashville su- shooting. I mean, six people died, three kids, three teachers, and uh, that that's bad stuff, of course. But the the narrative that came after this after that was that that it was the um, the fault of society, and and somehow it was all about the transgender rights. They, they move the discussion so much for the for the, the kids. I mean, life really depends on who kills you, as it turns out. If you get killed by, uh, a, a, you know, a right-wing supremacist, not that there's such a thing exists, by the way, but let's say they did. That, that's their dream. That's their fantasy that some right-wing nut with skinhead, no less, and tattoos with a swastikas, no less, uh, goes about and kills people. Then, then you know, then your then your life will be, you know, this a, a very sweet smiling face will be on, you know, every news channel out there. But if you got killed by a transgender person or by a black person or by a Muslim, for that matter, your life means nothing, right? Then it's all about the perpetrator's rights, the Muslim the black person, the transgendered person. That, that's, that's what it's all about. It's, uh, it's awful. It's really awful. Um, I want to talk about the, the next and last su- subject we have. It's a disturbing story, but, it, but one, please bear with me. Um, so there's this woman, um, and she apparently expressed her affection for dogs, okay? And she wanted to express it in... Uh, a more intimate way. And so she has some male dogs and it turns out, and she was bragging about it on, on some sort of TikTok or some sort of social media. And eventually it caught the eyes of a couple of people and um, they, you know, she copped up to it. She was having sex with, I think she had two, two male dogs and thought it would be very nice of her to do that. And would, would, wouldn't this be great? She's just getting her dogs to be... Um, to have orgasms. It's a good thing. They're having a good time. She doesn't mind it. She enjoys it herself. Uh, so, you know, and, and she's shocked. And then she gets arrested, correctly, of course. Um, and it was because it was um, inappropriate sexual behavior. Um, unnatural is what they call it, unnatural sexual behavior. That sounds very um, conservative, doesn't it? It sounds very old-fashioned. 
but to my mind, I mean, look, obviously it's, it's horrific. It's bestiality. But I want you to, to think like, like a liberal about these things. If it was a, a man doing this to a female dog, then you could have a more plausible argument that the dog is, is being raped, basically, right? And you'd be right. But a male dog, you know, he has to have the appropriate, uh, you know, stuff going on in, in down in his genitalia to actually perform sex. And so, you know, you, you couldn't call it rape in the same sense. You would, and it is bestiality. There's no doubt about that. But she's the one egging them on. But nevertheless, she's doing it, right? So it's not the same thing. So she's doing it. And, and I guess I, what I would pose to my liberal friends is, hey, using your own arguments that love is love, right? And there's also kind of, you know, we, we, we're now exploring uh, not just anal sex and oral sex and teaching that to kids, in a, but, but group sex as well. And then, uh, and we're talking about, um, what's the other thing I was looking at? Uh, shoot. Anyway, love, love is love, the whole thing. Why not extend that to animal sex? What, who's being harmed here? The dogs are not being harmed. You think about it. Yeah. I mean, this whole thing about your phrase, unnatural sex, well, that sounds very 1800s to me. Uh, I mean, again, let me emphasize, I, I'm against this, right? But their logic is such that what's the big problem? They're even getting into, into pe pedophilia now to the point where, you know, sex with, uh, you know, minor, minor attracted persons is what they're calling them now, right? They're already softening the language. So these minor attracted persons, um, we should understand them better. And, you know, after all these, hey, minors, they have sexual needs too. They have sexual feelings. What's so wrong about that? You know, maybe we can reduce the age down to 12. You know, who knows? Maybe after puberty, huh? How about that? You know, there's a reason why they, their puberty, they'd reach puberty at 12 or 13, sometimes earlier. It means their body's ready for sex. What's the problem? You know, and, and yes, it has to be consensual. Yeah, uh-huh. But uh, let's go for it. That's, that's what their logic leads to. And, and they will say that. I, I have no doubt about that. They will say uh, what I just said about pedophilia. It is pedophilia, plain and simple. But they'll try to make that the new N-word, pedophilia. Don't, don't say, don't call someone a pedophile. But, but I, I ask you, this is less offensive, far less offensive than pedophilia. It's not going to mess up the mind of the, of the male dog, right? You know, it's, he, he won't need dog therapy to go to this. He won't ruin his life. He, he, he's getting action, okay? <laughs> and that's what dogs like. I mean, they're dogs, yeah. male dogs, no less. Uh, that's why they're always humping all the time. I mean, it, it's just, that's the way male dogs work, okay? So they're not in any way traumatized. If anything, they're thrilled, Okay. Um, and, and it doesn't say what the age of the dogs are. I presumably, you know, they're, they're of uh, mature age or whatever. I mean, I, you know, do they have like, I don't know what the equivalent of, uh, of a young dog is. Anyway, this is also disgusting, right? I, and I agree with you. It's disgusting. But I, I, I think that their argument for bestiality effectively, at least this, you know, that the animal's male and the, the woman is, uh, that the female is, is human, uh, they could say, well, what's the big deal? She didn't hurt anybody. What, what's, what's going on here? Are you worried that it's some gonna, somehow going to filter to the rest of society and it's bad for society? I, I do. But that's not the reason why they're jailing her. And if you're a lefty listening to this, ask yourself, why are you disturbed by this? Your policies, your love is love, you know, is, is good for everyone. If that's what floats her boat and the dogs are okay, what's the problem? Really, this is not abuse of animals, right? She's, she's not beating them senseless. She knows, she's not leaving them out in the cold, chained so they can only have two feet of, of movement, right? On the contrary, you could say that she's giving him, uh, th them a thrill and, and satisfying them. Uh, I, I mean, really, it, it's, why not say these things? Right. It's a, a very bizarre thing. So this is, I, I, th I think this will actually be a bigger story than than we realize. Maybe not this particular woman, but you're going to start seeing crazy things like this happening more and more. This woman did this without even thinking about it. 
she just thought it was fun. And she, she thought there'd be no harm to this. She didn't even think of it in context. But she clearly was not a woman that, that uh, understood uh, that this is immoral. And, and for her, what, what's immoral about it? What's, what's, what's wrong about it? She's making these animals happy. I think you're missing the, the thought process of the classical liberal right. in this situation. And I'm going to say you called this woman a woman like three, five, ten times, and maybe you're dead species naming her. Maybe she's not. And then like the dogs, like it's two dogs, so I don't know what either one of them identify, what species. There's so much like the idea that it's natural, but it's such a... My God, like we have, like seriously, and like people mention it, but like there's way too much porn in this world and there's way too many people watching way too much. And I think like, yes, the transgenderism, but also other things like this, it, this is what's going on. Like people need to cut that back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I think, uh, look, I mean, from, from the liberals point of view, they should say to themselves, this is fantastic. This is great. We encourage this. First of all, at least for male dogs, uh, because, you know, that there's no harm really of getting a disease from it, right? Or, I mean, supposing the, the, the dogs are cleaned. This is all very gross stuff, I understand. But it, there's no, no harm of it. But more importantly, you can't get pregnant from the dog, right? So everyone satisfies their sexual needs and you don't uh, have to worry about it, Right. And, uh, I, I mean, you would think that these people who don't want population increase would encourage such behavior. Yeah. And what's the harm? Really? You know, they don't care about how it looks on society. I mean, they clearly don't care uh, the impact that, if they're, if, if they're so concerned of the impact that this has on society, this unnatural sex charge that they have against this, this woman, then, but they don't care about the impact that it has the tra- whole transgender movement, when a man dresses around like a woman and, and starts talking about how he can be anything he wants and the impact uh, that, that that has on children. That's not unnatural, really? Really? Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, the, the word unnatural is what I'm talking about here. They're, they're offended correctly about the unnatural aspect of it. That's the, the operative word. But they, they're okay with everything else, which you and I know is unnatural. This idea that a man can think that he can become a woman. Sorry, dude, it's not natural. It ain't. You may not like it. I get it. But you got to power through it, baby. That's it. (sighs) People are such fools. Now, on a related topic, very good news. Uh, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, uh, he has just signed a bill, I think, uh, that... Uh, makes the teaching of all the transgender crap illegal kindergarten through 12th grade. That's awesome. Isn't it awesome? That's awesome. It just says, nope, not going to be in the school. You know, that's, uh, that's for parents to talk about with their kids if they want. Fine. We're just not going to do that here. And that's the one state that will do it. And God willing, that's going to be the case. So we're, we're having different states that, you know, it's funny that we have a, the 50 state uh, laboratory, as they call it. And every state has different laws. And, you know, until recently, you know, the laws were not that different, right? You know, how long did you have to wait to get a gun, for example? What's the speed limit in your state? Uh, you know, that sort of thing. How long is the statute of limitations for breach of contract? I mean, very minor differences. But now we're beginning to see very big differences. This is one of them. Uh, in other states like Washington and Oregon, New Jersey, and I think California, no, no, Oregon and Washington and New Jersey. Don't, don't worry, California will catch up because they hate being last in line in the liberal train. Uh, but anyway, Washington and Oregon recently passed laws that say that if a child, um, you know, identifies one way or the other to a administrator or social worker of any kind, that they can take the child away from the parents without telling the, the parents why. Just gone all of a sudden. You don't have your kid anymore. I mean, it's, it's, it's the destruction of the family that they're seeking, right? They, not, not just the distinction between male and female, but that they're trying to destroy and they're, they're well on their way, but also to destroy the family because that's one way of doing it. So you're, you're terrified, terrified that 
Now, all of a sudden, your child has so much more power over you because if you don't do what he says or she says, you know, I might very well be taken away. And that, that is what they're threatening now. And who knows, you know, and, and it's a teacher who decides what the child wants, what your child wants. Right. Not you. Your teacher decides it. And he may very well, the teacher may, it's usually a woman teacher, she may very well decide, you know, like, you know, I don't like, I like, I don't like Johnny acting up in class. I'll get him. And I don't like his parents either. They're conservative or whatever. I'm going to take away his kids. Right. And I'm just going to claim that, you know, he's transgender, tell the social worker, little Johnny says that uh, he's a she and uh, parents are not approving. We got we to gotta do something about this. We got to affirm his identity. Right. That's the question is like, how is there a third party? And the problem is like to go back to like the teaching thing is kids in California and we're a big state are doing so below grade level that they've stopped taking tests and checking into that. They stopped taking college collegiate tests because they don't want to teach math. They don't want to teach grammar. They just want to teach this sexual perversion thing and then take away your children. It really is like, if you're a teacher, like, don't you ever think you maybe should teach? Like, <laughs> That is so selfish of you. Yeah. I can't believe it. Um, in my new book, you know, I, um, I talk about, you know, we're planned to teach the, the four R's, right? Reading, writing, arithmetic, and rear end sex. You know, like that's the four R's for them. I, because that's what they do. They, they, they just, they want to encourage homosexuality. They want to encourage um, deviant sexuality. They want to, and they want to discourage the concept of marriage. That's the last thing that they're going to be pushing. So, because that might invoke the notion of God, but nobody said that, right? So anything that's conservative is related to God. And, and that's their little, that's little, um, the, the leverage that they have to make sure that nobody teaches it, whatever that might be. You with me on this? Do you understand? I mean, it's, it's really fascinating to me. Anyway, the point is that our states are going into radically divergent um, uh, paths. Washington and Oregon, New Jersey, like I talked about, the, the, with that law on the one hand, uh, and exactly the opposite in Florida. You could not have more different approaches, at least when it comes to family and the education of children, than Florida on the one hand and those other states on the other. Fascinating stuff. And we're going to see more and more of that. And I don't know, maybe we'll have a national divorce, as they say. Who knows how things are going to turn out? It's just not looking good, folks. It's just not looking good. And it's all because we have rejected God. That's why. As I mean, it's it just, it is so obvious to me. It's obvious to you, Devin. But all the, of this traces to the uh, rapid decrease in our uh, recognition of God, let alone the love of God uh, in our society. To, once you pluck him out of civilization, anything goes. Anything that goes in your head uh, that can be done, any fantasy or fetish you want to pursue, there it is. Just go for it, buddy. And there's no concern about an obligation for the rest of uh, the, the society. Just like the transgender movement, they could not care less about the, the feelings of females in locker rooms and bathrooms or the feelings and achievements of females in female sports. That is of no consequence to them whatsoever. Um, but th So it's the ultimate narcissism, the ultimate selfishness, but you can expect that. I mean, it, it, that's the difference between conservatism and liberalism. Conservatism respects the society as a whole, uh, oddly enough, you know, they, they call it socialism. They, they, they couldn't care less about socialism. They really don't believe in, in what they perceive to be socialism. Uh, ironically, when you embrace conservatism, you actually do what's best for, for society as a whole as, as well. You bring out the best in everyone. And you also think about the impact it has on everyone. We actually have to, you know, I'm a lawyer. This is what we do. We think about policy and law and the impact that uh, every law would have. So anyway, you've seen and heard a lot of the impact that we've been predicting when it comes to the transgender madness, uh, it, what happened with the, the dog and that woman, uh, and what happened with Bud Light. Uh, all these things are, in, in many ways, they have one common theme, is that nobody's thinking about the consequences of the, the policy or the marketing that they're advancing. Nobody's thinking about it. And you need to. You just have to. 
All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Devin, thank you so much for being our co-host today, as usual. You're the best. Uh, and Brock Lurie signing off saying God bless. And we'll talk with you next week. Bye.